your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Wednesday. Wednesday it feels like the week's taking a long time. And also, it's already Wednesday. I don't know. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Vicki Markison running for mayor. She's going to join us in nine-ish minutes, depending on how long I rant here. Uh, and she'll join us for most of the rest of the hour. And so if you have questions and want to ask her them, you can call me, 608-785-7914. What issues dealing with lacrosse do you want to ask the, your potentially next new mayor? New next mayor? Uh, so 608-785-7914. Shoot me a text or give me a call. Um, Let's see here. Means okay. I'm getting middle of the day. I didn't. I haven't checked the text line yet today. So it's always funny to get middle of the day emails. Main Street guys emailing, wondering if we read email. Um, yeah, I think we read email. You know, it might have went to the, might go to the, the junk box too. I was kind of wonder sometimes. What's funny is speaking of Vicky, uh, at one point uh, we were talking about just the idea of having a having a news news conference i'm gonna have a i'm gonna be here so come talk to me news people i'm gonna be addressing an issue uh if you remember the 18 year old that ran for mayor was doing this about zoos and um what else did he do it about uh i think about his salary he was gonna donate his salary to charity uh so everyone oh he's gonna hold a news conference outside of city hall or outside of the lacrosse center and uh, the traditional way to do these things, and, and people would flock there. And I was like, Vicky, you need to do this. Like, just tell us where you're going to stand, and then we'll come to you. But if you just send out a Facebook Live video, we're not, we're not covering those. When I think we should be, uh, maybe just, I, I don't know, as part of me is just like, share all the things. And the other half of me is like, well, read and listen to all the things, and then uh, sum them up. So people can read them, <laughs> uh, but so so there's two ways to get here. But but, but I, ideally, you just hear here's you know. But you ha- other otherwise, uh, people can just go follow all the Mitch Reynolds and Vicky Marcus and social media pages and websites and get all the news updates that way too. But uh, you kind of depend on the news organizations as well to to let you know what these people are doing. On um, you know where can I hear what they have to say. And here's what they had to say because you don't have time to listen to a 45-minute video. And sometimes we don't either. But uh, that was one of the things I wanted to talk to her about, too, is, is the idea there that, um, you know, this is the, 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 how many debates and interviews and sit-downs and, and news releases. And you got to put your own agenda together. And just uh, it seems sometimes a little bit overwhelming because there's probably like another, another job going on here while you're doing that. You know, for your your forty hours a week, and then another forty hours a week trying to run for mayor. But as Tim Cabot had said a co- last month, not last Monday, we had Cabot on Monday, but last month, the, you know, the mayor's job is at least a sixty hour a week job. I think he said at one point. So, anyway, uh, yeah, libertarian guy texted in said, "I have a question for Vicky." So, yeah, if if I'm gonna have Vicky on at five fifteen, we'll probably. You know, touch on some stuff to begin with, and if you want to call, I'll try to get you on. Sometimes I'm, I'm, 
into a discussion with her about something or with whomever I'm having on so I don't get to the call right away. And then, and then we hit a break, and then people are impatient, don't want to wait until the next break. Unlike, you know, other giant talk shows where people wait for three, four hours to get on, hopefully, and never do, right? You get on, like, what's the what's the percentage of people getting on, like Hannity or something like that, like 1%? Or Jim Rome, people wait for hours to get on there. And then you get on, and your, your take isn't good if you're on Jim Rome. Your take isn't good enough, and he just hangs up on you. And you're like, I wasted three hours waiting on hold, and then you hung up on me after... 14 seconds. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, libertarian guy. If you want to, if you want to talk to her, you can text me too about if anyone wants to text me kind of the general question they, they'd have, they want to take from the mayor. Uh, I can read those too. Uh, and if, if you do text me libertarian guy, the, uh, you know, subject matter of what you want to talk about, that always helps. Cause then I can set up your call. Six Oh eight, seven, eight, five, seven, nine, one, four. Again, is the talk and text line. I uh, had a fun show yesterday talking about the .01K with Gene Taylor of The Rock and Shelley Fortner of Habitat for Humanity, or Habitat for Humanity, uh, the Hunger Task Force of Lacrosse. I don't know where Habitat came from. Uh, somebody share, did share a, a puppy picture and asked me if I wanted to uh, uh, n- maybe not adopt a puppy, but just you know keep it until someone adopts it. I was like, I don't know, puppy. I want to I keep it. That's what that's what'll happen. But anyway, so that was a fun conversation. You can listen to all those shows at wisdomnews.com. Go to the podcast, pull down menu. Hayes' interviews are on there. Cooley Region Cooks, which is happening tomorrow. Uh, my show, Ken Ken's show, around River City show. Um, all right. So if I get out of here now, I can bring Vicky on. We can have more time with her because you don't want to listen to me talk anymore. I understand that. We'll be back. Brad got to do the news. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get on here, if you got questions for what potentially could be our next mayor, Vicki Markison, we're less than a month out, Vicki. You, are you getting nervous? Like, is, We're getting there. We're getting there. You know, it's hard. I will, it's almost like I equate this to a wedding day. There's so much work ahead that you that you have yet to do that you just sit there going, "Can we just get the day over with?" Like it's just, but there's so many debates coming up, and so um, it's been a. Uh, I can, I am quite certain this is a very different contested mayoral race than than the farmer Cabot from 2000 and what was it, uh, 13. Oh really? Yeah, and I was I don't even know. Yeah, I didn't I didn't, it wasn't I don't know if I was around, but I definitely didn't pay attention to that if I I don't think I even worked here uh at that time. No, I didn't. Um yeah, what what do you mean? What was what was uh what was that one like as compared to this one? Well, you're making me feel old. Yeah. But no, what I've been told by Cabot is um that you know, Facebook wasn't as prominent, so social media was not a component of their of their strategy. And now, honestly, because of COVID, everyone knows how to Zoom, and everyone knows how to take that Zoom and post it out on Facebook. So now it has created the ability to hold debates in a very low-cost way, and so there are just nonstop um, uh, Zoom meetings, essentially. We need to figure out a better way than Zoom that's giving them way too much marketing play. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 
11 debates and then just Zooms with individual groups. And so it's a, it, every single night, practically, aside from weekends, is full of conversation. That's funny, too, because that's kind of on my list of like little things I wanted to hit on. And yeah, the idea Zoom is now the, the Kleenex of video conferencing, yeah. right? And Jello, right? Yeah. There's no Jello. I don't even know yeah. gelatin, right? But we have. Uh, well, we can't talk about Bill Cosby anymore and Jello, but um, yeah, this idea here. Do you have to say no to these? Because I, you know, when I asked you about having our debate on March 23rd, and then I look at your calendar, A, our debate isn't on your calendar, but B, um, I think you have a debate with the League of Women Voters the next day. And I automatically, I'm like, oh, when you told me, yeah, we have nine debates scheduled, and that was a month or so, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and I was like, wow, yeah. that's, a, that's a lot of debates. And then you do your own Facebook Live videos, and obviously uh, you're writing things on your website, and you're doing the, the Tribune's not doing debates, but they're doing their own kind of one-on-one things. And uh, it just seems, uh, I don't know, do you have to say no, I guess is what my original question there was. You know, uh, every chance to speak is an opportunity. Um, what it does, though, and uh, is it means you have to research that much more. And the unfortunate thing, and I said this, I think it was yesterday, they're all starting to blur together really sadly, but um, I think I said it yesterday is, so you research and say what's important to this group that I'm going to to visit because you want to make sure you're educated on the answers, but there's just no way to know it all. And so rather than start with a conversation with these groups, you're entering straight into a debate. Mm -hmm. And that is a little nerve-wracking, to be perfectly honest, because you're going to get uh, questions that are of utmost importance to that group, and um, and it's impossible to, to know what everything is, is the shortest explanation. Yeah, and then if you can, if you don't want to say no to anyone, uh, can you say no, I don't know the answer to that? Have you have you done that one yet? <laughs> I have not. Uh, um, Vicki Markison, no, know-it-all, that's what she there's is. A, She's there's a the first one, no, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, and I... You know, and, and talk. Yeah, I guess you, you know. You come from a, a. I don't know. I don't recall how long you were. Uh, what do you want to call it? TV journalist? Is that I mean, yeah. a journalist? Right, you're a journalist. Um, but I don't recall how long you did that. But that's it's. You're also now on the flip side of those things. But you know, with your your background after you were a journalist, you're you're probably in that in that field anyway. Because um, when you're working for for companies, you might you might be asked to speak to journalists about those issues. So this this probably isn't all that new to you. To like, but but maybe overwhelming to an extent. No, so I'll tell you a really funny story. So um, there's just something about talking to fellow journalists. And granted, I officially was a journalist, uh, good golly, 20 years ago. And But you still can relate, right? You've all gone to school. You learn the ethics. You learn all of those pieces. So there's just kind of a connection. And I was, I, I, as many can tell from the Tribune article, that I spoke to them yesterday and I made a comment, which in journalism world makes perfect sense. And then I realized they may not have understood that joke. So what I said was, after journalism, I entered the real world. And journalists understand that, or at least they, I think so, right? You're, you're so busy covering the world, and then you enter 
what I call the real world, which is Monday through Friday, potentially no weekends. I mean, that's the dream, right? Yeah. No, a dream would also be no overtime. But the joke is, like, when you get into what what is the rest of the world, is how I probably should have better phrased it, um, it's your eyes open up going, wow, it's, it really is a different world. So I made the, I made the comment of get into the real world and I'm going, Oh, they might've been insulted by that. I'm so sorry. So I just send a quick apology afterwards saying, and they got it, which is great. But that's, that's the, the downfall of flipping back into journalism mode, trying to talk journalist to journalist. Those snowflakes over at the Tribune, I tell you, can't take a joke. No, and you say the real world, and then you mention the dream Monday through Friday. The dream, Vicky, is not to work Monday through Friday. The dream is to just live on a beach somewhere and not think about work and drink my my ties or dream. Yeah, right. Your dream sounds terrible to me. Hey, I want to work Monday through Friday, ninety hours a week. Um, well, at least forty hours a week, no overtime. But libertarian guy is calling in. He wanted to talk to you. He believe he has a question. Uh, it's going to deal with libertarianism. I guarantee it. Uh, no, I don't guarantee it, actually, but I'll, I'll let him speak to that. Libertarian guy, you're on with Vicky. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Thanks, Rick. It actually won't deal with that. So, Vicki, I was impressed with you from the start because you were one of my mine was one of the homes that you stopped at one rainy day. And uh, um, we, we chatted very briefly. So I was glad that you were out there um, pounding Ooh, the pavement. Now so I got to figure out who your real identity is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I actually have a two-part question, um, and that is, I heard you say with um, on Mike Hayes' show that um, you would try to do what you could to reduce property taxes, real estate taxes, and um, and that's that's hard to do. And one of the things I wanted to point out is that um, the city often gets blamed for the real estate taxes, and the city has actually done a relatively good job holding the line on that. Where mm-hmm. I see the issue is that the county and the school are the ones that are responsible for the biggest tax increases. And so my first question is related to what you would do with respect to collaborating with the county and or the school board to work, all of you guys work together um, to reduce taxes. Um, second question, so before I run out of time here, is okay. I heard Mayor Cabot talk about, um, you know, this, this well water situation with the contamination. Campbell, of course, wants to sue La Crosse, and our mayor, our current mayor, wants to sue the manufacturers of the chemical. And as a pilot, I know that the federal government mandated the airport fire department to um, to use and actually to practice with not even putting out a real fire. Um, you know, fire suppressive material, which is what has polluted everything. I don't see everybody suing everybody else as a good solution, um, especially when the product worked as designed. So I'd be curious to know your take on that and what you might do as mayor. And I'll leave it at that, and I'll even hang up so you can respond. Sure. The way to squeeze two really big questions into one. So, you have one, one minute, one Vic. Call. So, and we'll do it like a debate. Just- D- Vicky, we'll do it like a debate. You have one minute. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, great, right, right. Uh, so let me talk about um, the tax, uh, the city holding the line on the taxes. Yes, they've actually, I've seen the mill rate. It has declined. So it's gone, I'm going to use rough numbers, gone from 12 down to 10. However, our property taxes, um, I mean, whichever mayor, hopefully me, is inheriting a small increase in property taxes despite them, um, reducing the the mill rate, which is a we'll just call it the multiplier. Um, so, what that means is we all saw, and don't get me going on that. The the 
the assessed values have gone up. So we all got our tax assessments changing. Um, some went down, most went up. So uh, so how it is that we're staying the same is the mill rate is down, but the assessed value is up. So all that being said, going back to your question of collaboration with the school board and county, and we certainly saw this in the, the tax bill coming out, uh, an attempt to try to communicate um, that that relationship on the tax bill. So obviously, number one is to say the billing does come from the city. So working with county, with the county and the school board to say, what does this look like? But it's also being mindful of who has increases happening at what times. And obviously, some things can't be avoided. But understanding what all of the partners are doing, obviously, Western is included in that as well making sure that everybody knows what everyone else is assessing on the tax bill. It gets back to the the fundamental of when that tax bill goes out, what needs to get communicated and how does that story get told? Okay. Second thing (laughs) is uh, the 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 easiest show I've ever done. What's that? I said this is the easiest show I've ever done. Yeah. Just let you, let you answer all the questions. But the the second one had to do with PFAS and, 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 uh, Libertarian guy said suing everyone not the best solution because the manufacturers have. Uh, well, I'll just I'll bring my, my opinion here. He said the manufacturers, uh, you know, delivered a product as promised. They put out fires, but the manufacturers also knew that these these products would contaminate our water or our environment. To I don't know to what extent, but that's my problem with it. Is yeah, they they did put out the fires, but they also ruined the environment, and that's the suing issue. Correct. Yes. And uh, as I um, talked to a town of Campbell supervisor, the number one thing we have to do is stop using the source. So we still are using, because there aren't many options, the federal government is still requiring that that foam get used. So we have to start with, let's just stop the contamination. Um, And so we've got to figure out how to do that. The second thing is, making sure the town of Campbell has clean water, what short term, whatever that looks like. Um, what the town of Campbell, so what was communicated to me doesn't mean that that is full consensus, is that the town of Campbell wants to work with the city as opposed to suing the city, um, because otherwise, I mean, think about that whole thing. So the city is suing the manufacturers. That is moving forward. And then we have the town of Campbell suing the city. And so where is the logic of all of that? Ideally, it would be how do we bring the town of Campbell into this lawsuit I, and start working together Vicky, as I will, opposed to... I will say Mayor Cabot was on Monday and he said that the city was served with, I want to say he said some around 100 uh, notices of being sued, but that city hasn't actually oh, yeah, been yeah. sued. So yeah. the, the, we haven't, the city hasn't been sued by anyone from Campbell yet, but they've been served. Correct. Yes, correct. Yes, I did. I was aware of that. Thanks for that clarification. It's a private attorney. So, um, yes, so that is possible. And that is also why the communication is needed right now to say, how do we actually join forces as opposed to fighting each other, trying to fight essentially the manufacturers. So, um, so yes, that is a complicated situation. But the sooner we start talking about how we work together, the better. And this is uh, this is going to be a mess. I know that um, Carl Green spoke to some people in the town of Campbell yesterday. I know that the town of Campbell wants every single well tested, um, and so we have to we have to quickly figure out a path forward so that we don't end up um, fighting each other unnecessarily. 
Yeah, and the idea here too, uh, the the we haven't sued the federal government yet. We can do that too, right? They they're the ones that mandated we use this stuff, so let's let's sue them too as well. Um, I don't know. Uh, all right, so that, that Ron Kineswell is contaminated as well, from what I've heard. And so there's nothing like having your congressman um, really want to drive a solution home, forward, if you will, bring it back to our community. Oh, then things will get done, right? As if our con- <laughs> watch the federal <laughs> government just rush to action. Don't say that with such cynicism. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to because that's fun. Um, all right, so that's Vicki Markson. I'm Rick Solom. we got to take a break. Scott's comment coming up. Uh, Brad doing the news. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if anyone wants to get in here. Uh, Vicki Markison joining me for this hour. She's a lacrosse mayor candidate. She's running against Mitch Reynolds. We're going to have a debate on WISM on March 23rd. And uh, how many debates do you have Do you have left, Vicki? How many debates do you have left? Oh, I would have to count them. So roughly probably eight or nine. Eight or nine. And there's, uh, I don't know if you, do you have like a countdown calendar to April 6th or not? <laughs> Full calendar. So it's really hard to count down because there's so much on it. So yeah, it's, it's a full, it's, 20. it's a full calendar. Honestly, it, it quiets down about the 25th. Yeah. 20 days away. It looks like we're 20 days. Obviously, uh, yesterday would have been the four week mark or uh, three. Is it three week mark or four? Uh, maybe we were 21. 7, 14, 21, 28 days, 27 days away. Something like that, yes. 27 days away before we vote. March 23rd, coincidentally, the the day we have our debate, I believe is the day in-person early voting starts as well. I I asked Nikki Elson about that um, a couple of weeks ago. So I I tried to get it right around the same time that people could actually go and vote because I think if you do all these debates real early, I think people maybe tend to forget that what's going on or forget everyone, you know, they're – the debates themselves when i'm gonna go vote i want to know what those people are saying right now that's why i scheduled the debate when when i did um but anyway mm-hmm. uh we were talking about the idea that cabot's race with doug farm farmer is it farmer farmer okay yeah farmer. you know and it was totally different that the world has changed so much in, in in what eight eight years uh with with social media and uh twitter facebook uh I don't, even instagram if you're doing instagram live de- videos or updates um, but first mm-hmm. of all, the, I, I brought this up earlier in the show. Um, you know, we're doing all these debates and then you're going door to door, you know, talking to people and then you're doing other interviews like this on the radio and with the Tribune, you know, just to sit down, I guess. Um, but also you're, you have your own Facebook live videos, right? You'll show up at a place and maybe comment on it or you'll just be at home. Maybe you have some random thoughts you want to get out. Uh, it's hard to cover as a, as a, you know, you're a former journalist too, but it's hard to cover everything. And, uh, b- b- but, uh, but where do you think is, is the most helpful? Is it, is it your face? How much, I guess, okay, first I have too many questions. How much, uh, interaction are you getting with your Facebook live videos? You know, what we have discovered is it's not about who's actually live. It, 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 people view it afterwards yeah. because it gets it gets posted. So that's where you see the most action. And honestly, then I get a ton of questions after that, because as many of us know, we're, we're zoomed out. So being able to watch things when it's kind of like the change in TV, right? Like, why do you want to watch it when it's on, when you can watch it whenever you want and stream it? So it's the exact same thing happening with Facebook Live. People will watch it afterwards. 
Yeah, definitely. The, the, the debate you had with the Seven Rivers uh, Alliance, I, whatever, LGBT, I, I don't know the name off the top of my head, but uh, I have mm-hmm. that I have that one banked. I'm going to go watch that probably either tonight or tomorrow night and, and, and maybe put my thoughts out there on it. Uh, or report on it, but yeah, just the idea that we're that was what's funny is that's one of my 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 just goofy questions is what are you binge watching, Vicky, right now on on Hulu or or Netflix, or do you even have time to binge watch? Are you binge watching Mitch Reynolds' Facebook Live videos to see his takes on things? Nope. Uh, honestly, I will tell you that binge watching something would be incredible right now. So every, every actually, I joke that some of my my team members I talk to more than my husband these days. So um, you know, as a, as some of you know, I have three kids, and so trying to make sure that I'm um, feeding them some days, honestly feeding them, having a conversation with them, and um, occasionally trying to make a basketball game is really my, that's that's what takes up my free time. I got to make a little bit of time for my family. I want to say I've seen pictures somewhere on social media of your kids. They can feed themselves at this point, can they not? Uh, tell me about it. That would be the dream. Literally, I made something, in fact, my husband's yelling in the background because my son has to get the basketball. So, um, no, I made a whole tray of ribs, and uh, my son fell asleep after school. So there they sit, getting cold. So that just goes to show. At this point, <laughs> you maybe can make the, something, and they still won't eat it. I mean, for twenty-seven more days, can the kids and the husband not make mom the meals for a while while you're trying to do this run to get to, to the mayor's job? Well, you have to understand that this is this has been going on longer. So I mean, this has been going on since since. Probably January first. I can count on one hand how many meals I've actually made, if even. So, yeah, it's we're not we're not living the healthiest food life right now, but uh, that's why we're that's also why we're counting down. Also, I think when you semblance of a routine back. I think when you do become mayor, you you probably won't there probably won't be any more hours in the day because uh, the mayor's job is going to be pretty tough as well. I think it'll it'll eat up a lot of hours a week. It will, but but it will be. Um, I can't. It's not going to be predictable, but but our family needs to adjust, right? So we're we haven't adjusted yet because we don't know if this is permanent. Yeah. So if this becomes permanent, we'll be able to say, all right, we've got to come up with a better solution. So my yeah, my husband travels quite a bit. He's gone a couple days next week. He was gone a couple days this week. So yep, we've got to we got to figure out a, a new normal if this is the path forward. Um, the the mayor's job is, is going to be a, a lot of things, and it, it, it's weird. I wonder how much you've thought about this as we stick to social media. Uh, the city's thinking about a public market. You're going to have this PFAS issue. Libertarian guy brought up city taxes versus county and school taxes. Um, I know you've talked about the north-south corridor lately. Uh, you could talk about all the issues that the city is actually going through, everything that's on the city council agenda for tomorrow. But uh, but uh, but the last maybe week or two, we've had a, a lot of like talk about everybody's social media accounts. Steve O'Malley, the county administrators, uh, you know, commenting on media posts on social media or on Facebook, you know, something hateful. And uh, the 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 assistant police chief who's running for school board is is on his Facebook page talking about uh, public emails that were released and. The police union is sharing a private citizen's Facebook screenshots on their page and then deleting them because uh, this is a new avenue that your you as mayor might have to deal with somehow. Have you given any thought on how to just manage uh, like people's social media accounts or just like you're you're going to get these? I, I feel like you're going to get some of this 
uh, these questions if you are you're getting them now I suppose but have you given any thought to that well I have I've also talked to my team about this of so I'm actually getting more friend requests on my personal account than um, my mayoral and, and people I don't really know and so I've talked to my team saying how many people do I let into my Facebook my personal because I feel like there's a little bit of trolling going on people People want to see who is that real person there. And I have always said if I have things to hide on my personal account, then I probably shouldn't be running for mayor. But um, but it, it's already begun. So people, again, trying to friend me on Facebook. So, you know, that is the challenge of how much privacy can you keep and who qualifies as a as a private citizen still. So I've told my husband, do, you know, don't take You might get requests, and so be really um, hesitant to accept people that you don't know because this is – so I'm used to being slightly um, in the public eye just from having worked with large groups of people. He's not. So um, I've said it to my kids. I've said it to my husband of saying, don't, you know, this is your time to to guard your privacy as much as you can. And so that that rings true for – for everybody in the time of social media, and you're seeing it in these posts that get shared of, um, you just always have to be mindful. Yeah, and then on the flip side, if you are mayor, there might be people under you or people that you know in city government that uh, a Steve O'Malley type situation where you might have to deal with this thing. Absolutely, and that's why if it doesn't already have it, a, a social media policy, it's, it's pretty common in um, other organizations and. You know, you start to get into that uh, First Amendment and freedom of speech. and um, But on the same hand, in private corporations, they've navigated this to say, yes, but you are still a representative of our company. And so um, so it's a, it's a fine line. And like I said, there are organizations that have done it. And um, it, it's certainly an opportunity to be mindful that people are watching and people, they, they like that gotcha, like, oh, look at what somebody said or did. And um, it's unfortunate that we've gotten to that point, but it is reality. You stole my one-liner because I was going to add your husband and all your kids on Facebook and then try to get 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 them on something like, oh, look at this is, uh, you know, I don't know. Have you feel Do you feel like any of these debates or, or interviews you've had? Uh, have have tried to out uh, one or you or Mitch in any way and in, in terms of I don't know, political views or uh, I don't know, anything. Like, do you feel like that's, and then do you think that's fair? You know, the, so yes, is the obvious answer. Um, there are, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but there, there's an etiquette to debate and the, that not, that not, that may not necessarily be clear to the organizations that are hosting it. And the piece that has become um, really interesting is most of the questions that probably make Mitch and I cringe is from the public. And so it's the moderator's job to say this is or is not appropriate for this race. And so when we have a nonpartisan race, those type of um, questions about who you voted for is just, um, you know, people, people in our community cannot handle not having a D or an R behind their name. And it's unfortunate because the second somebody puts that behind their name, 
the whole conversation, like they, they are, there's a judgment that happens. And this is why we have this divide happening in our, in our state and federal government is because people see the other side as this evil entity, no matter what the letter is. And most of the people that I talk to, though, say, do they know that I have this view or that view? And, um, and yet we're, we're friends and we, you know, it's, it's just an understanding that as, as I've talked to some, of course, to some of the businesses saying business isn't a dirty word. I'm a business of, I'm a local business of 12 people who are doing amazing things. And, and I point out that at the chamber, 70% of the businesses that are members of the chamber have 12 or fewer full-time employees. Our community is comprised of small local businesses that are giving to our nonprofits and doing amazing things. But yet when the word business gets mentioned, a lot of times people have a negative connotation. So pulling this all the way back, um, yes, there are some questions that um, don't have, and you know this from running a radio show, there's there are some questions that just are not appropriate. I, I can't fix what's happening at the federal level. I can't fix what's happening at the state level. But I hope that at the local level we can be uniting and not dividing in our in our conversations. Yeah, I would say, you know, as mayor, you might have some pull in trying to, I don't know f- about fixing the 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 state level, but maybe influencing uh, what gets done there. Uh, you know, for 10 months, the, the state government literally did nothing in terms of meeting mm-hmm. or or uh, passing legislation or even voting on legislation. Right. And that's a prime example of, of gridlock based off of a, a letter behind a name. Um, and so that's what I'm hoping to avoid. I, I was telling you my, my biggest announcement this week was I'm not accepting endorsements from outside, uh, from, from organizations. And this realization came to me as I was filling out one, one party had sent out an endorsement questionnaire and as I started filling it out, I went back to my why, and I have this on my website. I'm running for mayor because I think we need to unite and do what's great for greater lacrosse. I ran because I didn't want to, um, because you don't have to put a D or an R next to your name. And I think that's the path forward. A lot of people have, when, when they try to ask me when I go door to door, they say, yes, uniting is the path. That is the way to go. So I, as I was filling this questionnaire out, I'm going, this is not, this is not the path I want. And so I stepped back and said, I, whether it's from a political party, whether it's from a um, association, I am saying thank you, but no, thank you. I want the support of people. I don't want the support of um, some of the organizations because I will tell you, some of the applications that I've seen that I have passed on say, you need to agree that you understand our agenda. You're going to help us move our agenda forward. You need to sh- disclose your campaign tactics. Um, and then we will help you with your campaign. And to me, that just, it, that is, that is not me. And so I have turned away. Um, not all of them do that, but a few um, have asked for that, and I have said absolutely not. I'm not doing that. We will write legislation for you, and you can just sign it, <laughs> stuff like that. That's yes, right. Yes. Um, yes. I, I I did want to you know changing the subject completely here, but I did I, I know yes, we we mentioned North South Corridor solutions, and we I only have like three minutes. Can we talk about the North South Corridor in three minutes, or is that sure. too? Too, too little. Okay, so otherwise I could take a random call, but I don't know what the caller wants to talk about either. And, you know, they might just ask if you have a D yeah. or an R next to your name. But 
Um, I've had I've had people with the city council or one person that's been fighting the north south corridor in the city council for a long time. Uh, that's still on the, the 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 Wisconsin DOT's agenda, right? The what is that? A hundred forty million dollar north south corridor project in one way or the other. Um, you you are you of the thinking that just get it off the agenda because we don't want it, or what do you think? So here's the I always like to educate. It's my my positive and my negative. So remember, the DOT has a problem they have to solve, and it is safety-driven. So that project, as long as there are safety concerns, they want to, they have to um, create solutions. And so they have set, it's like fixing your roof. We know we need to fix the roof. We have no idea when there's going to be money to fix the roof, but we, we're keeping this on the, the to-do list. So... Everyone thinks that that money has to be spent on a road through the marsh, and that is not true. We have to address the safety concerns, and it can address existing roads. So what I have said in the past is that keeping that on the to-do list, we'll just call it the to-do list is enumerated projects. Keeping Mm -hmm. that enumerated project um, on the books is important because as a road gets redone, like 16, um, we could add in some alternative pieces when it alternative transportation pieces when it is being done. But we can't as a city. Why this has not come off the books is the city keeps saying we only want alternate funding for alternatives. We only want funding for alternatives, and the project um, requires that it addresses streets. So here's the latest update because I know we're short on time. Um, I didn't answer it. I gave that I gave that exact comment. Um, in a video and in a debate, and then I sat back going, why can I not say yes or no to a road specifically through the marsh? And I realized it's because I sit there, it's my nature to go, let's not close the door. So I sit there going, could it fix our floodplains by creating some sort of levee? Could we elevate it? Could it actually be more like a, a monorail type of thing? And then I realized, no, stop the what if. This is not, those what ifs are not going to happen. You know, people don't want to road through the marsh. And so, as I told my team the other day, my answer to would I, would I support a road through the marsh? No, because people don't support it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, I, but you do support at like 30 roundabouts from here to uh, on Alaska, right? <laughs> I'm sure uh, the people would love that as well. No stoplights, <laughs> all roundabouts. Vicki Markson, thanks a lot for joining us. I uh, really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. We got to take one more break. We're going to be back after this. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today, Wednesday, hump middle, hump day, hump end. What is it? Hump middle, week middle, week middle. There it is. The uh, the fact that the idea that I, I think we should have Wednesdays off as a society. Vicky talked about a 40-hour Monday through Friday work week with no overtime, but how about a four-day work week with no Wednesdays, a work, a week middle, a weekend and a week middle. I'm going to, pre- I'm going to keep bringing it up. Uh, yeah, but thanks a lot to Vicki Markison for joining us. Uh, like I said, th- until April 6th, I'm going to try to do every other Wednesday with Vicki or Mitch. So hopefully Mitch can come on and uh, next Wednesday, and we can do this all over again. I got two avenues tomorrow. I can talk about vaccines a little bit. I have some some just theories on vaccines that I might bring Chris Main from Viterbo on, uh, biology professor there. Or I might bring, uh, I might see if Jared Flick with the City Parks and Rec or Jay Odegaard wants to come on and talk about Parks and Rec stuff. I, I know the City Council is going to vote on like a fishing pier, not like a fishing pier, like f- an actual fishing pier. 
uh, uh, taking $27,500 in grant money. I think they're going to do that, but they have to match the grant. So we're going to build a fishing pier at Copeland Park. Um, there's a volleyball court situation. I really want to know about that. I might do that off the air, though. I don't know how much people are interested in my volleyball. Uh, but there's, you know, there's there's other things. Pickleball courts, tennis courts, we're doing that. And, and then Jared or, or Jay might be able to inform me more on other stuff that's going on with the Parks and Rec Department. And on Friday, we'll have UW Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Tregoski. And we can kind of talk about some of the more general issues if we want to do stimulus package or what the state government doing, is doing. We'll talk about that on Friday. Thanks for listening.